Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. We are talking about financial freedom this month. We're using Mae McCarthy's book, The Path to Wealth. And for those of you who were here last week, uh, you'll know that we started, or hopefully most of us started, a 40-day prosperity practice. And there's still a reminder of what it is in your program. So if you haven't started, start. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Last week, we talked about reading something inspirational as being kind of step one. So she's divided up our time throughout the day, a little bit of a morning practice, some noticing going on during the day, and then a little bit of an evening practice. And you may have noticed that gratitude is present in all three parts of it. In the morning, we do a gratitude list. Throughout the day, we celebrate and are grateful for things we notice that are going well. And then at the evening, we do a gratitude journal or a, uh, or a gratitude and forgiveness uh, piece to it. And you know, it struck me as I was reading through the material for um, this particular week, I've been teaching gratitude prosperity principles, the spirituality of money, if you will, for about 10 years now in October. And we've used a variety, uh, quite a variety of different programs. We used one by John Randolph Hearst. We used one by Edwin Gaines. We've used ones by um, some other uh, famous people who are, are known in this, uh, this field. They all have gratitude in them. Every single one of them has a large component around gratitude. Why do you think that is? What are your ideas on this? I have some, but I want to verify, see if I'm on the right track or not. What are some of your ideas why gratitude goes with financial freedom or abundance? Yeah, thank you, Suki. So one idea is what I focus on increases. So if I focus on my gratitude for my health, for uh, my relationships, whatever I'm grateful for, I'm putting my attention on it, I can expect it to increase. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Anything else? Yeah. Yes, thank you. The idea is, and this is really powerful, what she said was uh, stating that heaven is here on earth right now. The idea of gratitude, of course, is saying that what we want, what we need, our heavenly desires, our spiritual connection is here and now. We don't have to wait for it. We shouldn't put it off that truly our ability to connect into our higher power and experience the, the beauty of life is here. Absolutely. What else? Any other ideas? There's, yeah, uh huh. Thank you. That was the other big one that's on my list. So picture, if you will, you on your day when you are least grateful. Uh, I, I will try, I'll try to do my best job here. <laughs> this is me on my day when I'm least grateful. I just got up because the fire alarm battery was beeping all night. And I got up to discover that one of our dogs made a mess on the carpet while we were sleeping. And I look in the refrigerator and I'm out of coffee, which at least to me is a big deal. This is me on that morning. Now, I'm asking you, when I'm in this kind of a mood... 
how likely am I to get a new business contact that day? How likely am I to interview well if I was going for a job interview? How likely would I be if someone pitched me a great idea that could change my life? Do you see the problem when our hearts are closed? Thank you so much for talking about the idea of the open heart. When our hearts are buttoned up, it's as though we've put a little bit of a wall out there. We're trying to wall off, perhaps, some of the bad things that we don't. I don't want to deal with the mess on the carpet. I don't want to deal with, you know, do we have any 9-volt batteries? I, I don't want to deal with those things, so I'm closing my heart to them. But when I close my heart, that wall goes up, and it's not just the bad stuff that's on the other side of it. I really close off my life, my heart, my creativity, my intelligence to a whole realm of good that's out there. Literally, someone could pitch me the best idea ever that would change my life and the planet, and it would probably go right over my head because I'm too pissed off. So gratitude, if you think about it, is a surefire way of opening your heart. Literally, when you are sensing that gratefulness for what you have, your heart opens. It, it's, it's almost uh, impossible for it not to open if you have that sense of things going right and being grateful for them, even if they might be the minor of what's happening <laughs> that day. I mean, we've all had days where, it, by and large, there was a lot of stuff that didn't go the way you want. But what I do know is there are some things in there that did go really well. And if we're grateful for them, again, our heart can open and we can start expecting to see more of the good life instead of walling it off. So those, I think, are the three primary reasons why gratitude belongs in a, in a talk series, if you will, about success, about wealth, about seeing more abundance, more love, more joy in our lives, is open heart, ability to sense heaven on earth, and the fact that what we put our attention on actually increases is actually mirrored back to us. So, so three key reasons. You know, I also did a little bit of a check, though. So we do these little 40-day abundance programs and whatnot. And I thought, you know, these have been around long enough. I bet someone's done research on them. And guess what? They have. So this is an article that came out a, a couple years ago in the New York Times, and they talk about a number of studies. I'm just going to share a couple of them. One, this was uh, uh, at the University of Miami. They instructed people to keep a journal listing five things for which they felt grateful for. Um, you could think of it as a gratitude journal, I guess. Uh, it could be a friend's generosity, something they learned, a sunset that they enjoyed, a telephone conversation. So it's just simple things. They were asked to write just five sentences about things they remembered that day that they were grateful for. They only did it once a week. Not even every day. They did it once a week for six months. Compared with the control group, the people keeping the gratitude journal were more optimistic felt happier, were more open-hearted, they reported fewer physical problems, and spent more time exercising and with friends. 
This was just doing, I mean, this is hardly any commitment at all, right? Once a week, five things for six months. This works. And anyway, there was a, another study on, uh, on people with neuromuscular problems. Those who kept a gratitude journal reported feeling happier and more optimistic about their conditions. And after six weeks, actually were corroborated by observations that they had better health, literally. So first they felt better about themselves through the process of doing a gratitude journal and then the actual conditions started improving. So so apparently science backs this up. It isn't just your minister on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> although that might be good enough. <laughs> uh, but even science backs up the idea that that which we are grateful for improves our lives. Absolutely. So a couple things I want to talk about today uh, first of all, that idea of the open heart to receive implies future gratitude. So, so far we've only been talking about the things that we're grateful for that, that are kind of real in our lives. We're grateful for our families, we're grateful for our job, we're grateful for the things we already have. But if you think about it a little bit, the implication here uh, is that also we can be grateful for things that we haven't even had yet. So let's, let's wrap, wrap our head around that for a moment because we're used to thinking this thing happened or this thing is and therefore I'm grateful for it as an after effect. And what I'm suggesting that we can empower our gratitude practice and our ability to receive and our open-heartedness even more if we can start becoming grateful for the things we haven't even quite received or experienced yet. Now, I can still see a couple of you are giving me that, well, isn't that like faking it? <laughs> Look. But, but bear with me just a sec. I invite you to close your eyes for just a second. And if you would, imagine yourself having or experiencing something that you've wanted for a long time. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's an improved relationship with someone. Or, or maybe it's a fabulous trip. Um, maybe it's a promotion at work or a different job altogether. Or maybe it's some kind of home repair that you've wanted to embark upon but haven't had the cash to do. Maybe it's a physical condition that you'd like to have solved. Picture yourself in your mind's eye having that condition changed for the better. So maybe you're on that fabulous trip or you see that home repair being completed you feel yourself, your heart opening to experience that uh, promotion or whatever it is. So just think about that for a minute. Feel the feelings of actually having what you desire. And then in the warmth of your own heart, switch it over to gratitude. How grateful you'll feel, how grateful you're feeling right now for that experience that sense of freedom, that sense of love, those feelings of success, now the gratitude for it. So you can open your eyes now. What I think we're doing is literally ushering in the potential for that which we desire through 
the process of gratitude. It's as though gratitude is making the availability of what we want to experience more distinct, more clear. When we have that feeling of gratitude, normally gratitude does go with the blessing itself. And so when we bring up gratitude, it's as though that blessing were right on the threshold we're ready to receive it. And when we're of that mind, when our heart is ready in that way, that's when all of the possibilities start showing up in our lives. That's when we notice people are pitching us those great ideas. That's when we notice that, that those people are willing to extend a hand of freedom and, and that collaboration with work partners is at hand. When, when we have that open heart and that expectancy that that window is just opened wide and the universe does just about everything it can to make that desire a reality. So in part of the, the seven-step program that we're doing every day, don't just put the things you're grateful for that you already have. Include them, yes, but also open your heart to have an expectation of future gratitude. I'm also grateful for this thing that I haven't even got yet. So I have a harebrained, the, uh, uh, a harebrained idea of how this works that I'll share with you. And you know, sometimes I just go off the rails. So this might be one of those times. But my thought is, in God's universe, God already has everything. So if, if it's true that God is all there is, then God is not only God, but God's also all the stuff, <laughs> right? All the possible experiences, all the joy, all the love, all the peace, anything you could ever want, not only does God provide it, but God is it. So in that sense, God always has what it needs and what it wants. Okay, you're with me so far. Hopefully I won't now break this beautiful thing that you're holding in your minds. The next piece of it is, I hope you'll agree with me that that includes you. I hope that we can all agree that we were made in God's image. All the wonderful scriptures in the universe claim that God doesn't make junk, that we too are part of the joy and the intelligence and the peace and the love that is God. We're part of God's creation as well. So we're right in there with the stuff. There's really no separation between that and what you desire in the mind of God because it's all part of the mind of God. In a way, it's only in our human experience that I think I don't have something. That I look across the way and say, well, that over there I wish I had. Well, in God, there's no time, there's no space, there's no uh, today and tomorrow. Literally, it's all available. And so God's probably wondering, what's his beef? It's right there. It's like, why is he whining about not having his book sales go better? Or, or, or why is he fussing, you know, all the books that have ever been sold are his. Think about this for a minute. I think of this universe as though it is a huge warehouse of wonderful experiences, and I'm in that warehouse. The only difference between me having that experience or not having that experience is me thinking somehow it's on a different aisle. So first of all, I can go down a different aisle, right? 
First of all, I can do a prosperity plan for 40 days and begin actually thinking about what I want to have instead of the stuff, the aisle I'm already on that doesn't so much have the stuff I'm on, right? First, I can do what I need to do to make myself more available, more open-hearted, more focusing on what I want to experience and want to have. That's walking down the right aisle. But it's my warehouse. It's God's warehouse. The only difference between having and not having is totally made up in my head. And as soon as I claim it as though I already have it, there it is. That's why the treasure mappings work. That's why, uh, that's why this 40-day abundance program will work. You're not creating something. God's already created all the good over the entire you know, sphere of the galactic fantasizing here a little uh, but but i don't think that our willfully we create our good i think our good is already there i think the universe has already created an infinity of supply and we just have to realize it's as close as our hand well more properly as close as our open heart so i want to challenge you a little bit I know that uh, some of you weren't here last week. I want, I want you to take home the little cheat sheet. And those of you who did, were here last week, I want to make sure you're on board with this. Uh, the idea of this 40-day uh, plan. And don't think of it as money. I think there's actually a mistake to think about it as money. What I know about money, and, and I've known a lot of people that have had a good deal of money, uh, I've also known a lot of people who got money and then it left them. And my personal belief is it's because they were after the money and not what the money would bring to them. So my thought is while you're using this plan, and we talked about this a little bit last week, is what is your heart's desire? It's probably not really money. It's what you would do with the money. And it's probably not even what you would do with the money. It's how you would feel about the experience of having done with the money, uh, right? I mean, if you think about it, so, uh, so uh, you might use the money to, to buy a new house. Well, well that's great. So, so that would be better than just the money. There'd be something tangible and feeling to go with it. But it's probably not even the new house. It would be that feeling of safety and security in the new house, right? So for my thought is, when I'm using this seven-step daily prosperity practice, I'm not having intentions of somehow seeing my bank balance go up. I'm having intentions more around seeing the love in my life increased and what that would feel like and what intentions I might have about it. I'm more focused on having a, a, a life that feels more successful and well-lived and what intentions might go with that. Because what I know is the universe is actually here to serve me. And when I'm clear about my intentions, if resources are needed, they find me. Whether it's a collaboration with people, whether it's, uh, it's wealth, whether it's uh, uh, other kinds of physical resources, what I need will come to me if I'm clear and if I'm really holding on with gratitude and that sense of open-heartedness to what I want. If I use that just to bring me money, the trouble with that is, other than that initial 
Isn't that sweet? When you win the lottery, right? What happens six months later? You're still the same person. You didn't have a clear idea of how you would harness that money to bring about love and joy and peace to your life. If you don't, the money comes and the money just goes again. And there you are still. So the program, I think, is really oriented towards us understanding with some clarity what our true dreams are. And normally that's dreams of of being with people in certain ways. Normally that's dreams of feeling successful in certain ways. Normally that's dreams of, of being with friends and family and, uh, and loving life. It might be uh, recreational ideas. There are all kinds of things. Normally they bring a sense. In fact, normally you'll feel a God quality in your heart. You'll feel more free You'll feel more beautiful or, or surrounded by beauty. You'll, you'll feel more loved and loving, right? Aren't those the, quote, things that we really want? And when we're real clear about them, when those are built into our intentions, and when we're actually starting to feel grateful for them to the extent we have them, as well as the extent we plan to have them, the universe will do what's necessary. And typically that will include some money coming your way to help you pay for it. Make sense? I'm going to share with you um, my little gratitude list from this morning. So I started last week. This is my uh, Sunday one for this morning. I'm not sharing it so that you would copy it, but just to give you an idea of really how simple it is. It, it, uh, in fact, it would have taken me about two minutes, but I you know, typed it out nice, so it actually took five minutes. <laughs> so, dear God, today I'm thankful for the day ahead, a chance to live my life to the fullest and bring more joy to the planet. I'm grateful for my healthy body and loving heart, the foundation of both my life and my ministry. So I knew I was coming here, so one of my intentions is to bring love and life into this ministry. I'm grateful for my wonderful husband and my many friends. They make life a joy, and I return the favor every chance I get. I'm grateful for my comfortable home and my vibrant church. They help me to feel at peace and give me reasons to engage. I thank the universe for the many readers of my book. Now notice so far, so far they've been things I already have. So, so pay attention to the little shift here. I thank the universe for the many readers of my books and their willingness to spread the good news, right? That's a little future gratitude that I'm owning up to. I thank the universe for our new expanded church home and the many hands and hearts that will be present to make it so. I'm grateful for the financial freedom that I experience at home and at the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. I'm grateful for this, oh, and here's one. So this one I've been working on for a while. One thing you'll notice when you do this is some are just one day little intentions. Here's what I intend to be grateful for on this day. This one I've been working on for a while. I'm grateful for this wonderful country and the healing that's taking place in so many areas. Dear God, what a blessing to be alive on this planet today. Thank you. So just a sample, you can knock this out in about two or three minutes. It, it can be, you can take some of the ones that'll be repeated day after day, but also just go with your own intuition. What's important to be grateful for today? What would you like to see expanded in your life today?
So last week we talked about uh, the step one in the program, which was uh, working on inspiration. Today we talked about the gratitude component of it. Next week we're going to talk about visualization and putting emotion as we even speak aloud what it is we want to experience. And, uh, and, And we'll have some fun the last two Sundays as well. I want to close today with a quote from Ernest Holmes. Some of you may be wondering, you know, Ernest Holmes didn't put out his own financial freedom thing. What did he believe about this whole idea of, uh, of using the law of cause and effect to uh, enhance our lives? Or, or what was his take on this idea of gratitude? And here's what he said. This is from the Science of Mind textbook. He says... It has been said that a prayer of thanksgiving is also the prayer of appropriation. This was the manner in which Jesus praised when he raised Lazarus from the tomb. Father, I thank thee. So he began with gratitude before he raised Lazarus from the tomb. Ernest Holmes goes on to say, Recognition, unification, and realization, these are the three steps in prayer or treatment. But when we speak the words of thanksgiving to the God within, knowing that before they ask, I will answer, there is something in this attitude of thanksgiving that carries us beyond the field of doubt into one of perfect faith. Appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving are the motive power which attracts and magnifies the hidden potential of our life. Appreciation, gratitude, thanksgiving, these are the motive powers which attract and magnify the hidden potential of our life. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, and one goodness. It is that amazing warehouse of all good, all the love, all the joy, all the peace, all the life, all the the good health, all the excitement, all of the, the effervescence that one can ever experience, all encapsulated in this one thing that I call God. And because it's everything, I know that means me. I know that God's love is my love. That God's freedom is my freedom. That the the joy and the peace that I experience, of course, comes from that one power and presence. There is a complete unity between me and the divine. And as it is true for me, of course it is true for each person here. Each person in charge of their own portion of that, that amazing warehouse that is God that God of all good. Each person here, because the warehouse is infinite, each person here can claim as much of it as they can possibly put their intentions and their gratitudes towards. It is for all of us and always. And so on this day, I recognize that each person here is perhaps a little more willing to open their hearts that each person here is a little more willing to let go of resentments or, or trouble and focus on that which they wish to receive. To feel that blessing, to recognize the, the gratitude that exists for, for the good lives that we live now and the good lives that we shall live in the future. And so it is uh, with a humble heart that I express my own gratitude just for this day as it unfolds. Gratitude for the people in this room that, that make life uh, so grand. Grateful for the connection to spirit itself, the source of all. And so I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today.
So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.